a message from one of our Sunday celebrations. And you can find out more about Jubilee by visiting our website at www.jubilee.org.uk. Excellent. Okay, well, let me add my welcome to David. My name's Graham. I'm part of the team that leads to police. It's really good to have you with us this morning, particularly if you're visiting. And uh, I want to tell you, you've chosen an excellent week to be here. Thank you for one whoop. I was expecting a little bit more than that. But anyway, uh, we're starting a new series today. So you've chosen a good week to be here because you're here right at the beginning. And uh, I want us to start a new series today called Pursuing His Presence. Pursuing His Presence. And uh, I want to respond to what we feel God is doing in Jubilee Church at the moment. And uh, if you've been around Jubilee, uh, you may know some of this. If you're visiting us or here for the first time, then uh, I'm going to tell you a little bit of the story. Because I want to put in context what I feel God is doing and begin to open up some scripture to us. And uh, I'm trusting that God will bless us as we do that. So at the end of last year, Sarah and I both felt that God put in us a fresh hunger for him and his presence. And uh, we met some friends, uh, actually my cousin and, and his wife, who had recently encountered God uh, in a very fresh way. And we, we knew just in a very short conversation with them that they'd encountered something of Jesus that we had not seen in a long time. You know when you meet someone and they've got something of God and they're talking about what God is doing and, and, it, just, and it was only a short conversation and really in a few moments we were hungry for more. We were hungry for what God wanted to do in us and in Jubilee. Now I'm old enough, I know I don't look it, but I am old enough to remember uh, way back in the 1990s. Some of you weren't even born then. Um, but in the mid-90s, many of us uh, experienced a, a fresh move of the Holy Spirit. And I was, I was baptized in the Holy Spirit right in the middle of that uh, outpouring of God in 94. And, um, and I guess since then, there have been times and seasons of God moving uh, in particular power. And we've been thrilled at that. It's been great to see. But I think more recently, I've been thinking, Lord, I just want to see more. You know, surely there must be more of you at work than we have yet seen. And um, certainly, meeting my cousin again last year rekindled a fresh desire and passion in me for God's presence, his immediate presence, his manifest presence. Now, I know those theologians amongst you, of which there are many, are about to say, yes, but God's presence is everywhere all the time. And indeed it is. It's his omnipresence. He is everywhere all the time. But as well as his omnipresence, we find in scripture, and we can look at it in a moment, about his manifest presence, his immediate presence, his felt presence, about God being there and us knowing, well, God is in this place. And I guess if I'm honest, I haven't felt or seen so much of that lately. And I felt God putting me and putting us a fresh hunger and passion for that. That we might see that in our lives, in our family, in Jubilee, in the churches that I serve around Christ Central 
and beyond. I mean, God, we want to see this more and more and more. And um, we only had a, a really not a long time with these guys, and then then a meal together in the evening. But in a short space of time, I want to tell you, God did something in our hearts. It's like He flicked a switch. It's like the hunger switch, like the thirst switch for His presence. Suddenly, God came, and it just in a moment. Something triggered, and and something happened, and God did something. I guess it's hard to put in words, but undoubtedly God was at work. And so I shared this with our leadership team, and we spent some time reflecting and talking and praying together. And part of our response to that was, as a church, to have a week of prayer and of fasting at the beginning of this year. And many of you would have been part of that. And we were praying that God would break in. We were praying that the Holy Spirit would come in more power. We were praying for the manifest presence of God. We were praying that God would do something dramatic and that he would come. And I would, be, well, I would now observe that he has. Or rather, he is. Or perhaps he has begun to. Would you agree? Now, I don't mean that we've seen all that God's going to do. I I don't think we have yet. But I honestly believe that something has changed. And this was very, very clear to me, being away in Cambodia uh, for a couple of weeks or just under. And uh, there were two Sundays that I was not here. And one of those Sundays, David texted me and said, God's just broken in, doing remarkable things here. And I was at a, a prayer meeting in Phnom Penh, in the capital of Cambodia, and we were seeing very similar things there at exactly the same time as I got this text, which was wonderful and remarkable. But it was interesting, coming back, it was clear that God had been at work here whilst I was away. Now, some of you would say, there's a key there, Graham. Have you not seen it? <laughs> and maybe you're right, I don't know. <laughs> But clearly, God had been at work in a dramatic way. And it was thrilling to hear about it whilst I was away. And when I came back, I could sense that something had changed. So the first Sunday I was back, I forget who else was knocking around the front. Uh, Probably John is normally sitting there. He's not this week. Um, But I was saying, something's changed here. You could feel it in the spirit that God had, had done something and there was a fresh hunger for him and his presence and God was at work in us in a way that was not the case three weeks previously. I'm like, God is doing something. He really is. And it was exciting and thrilling to see. And at the back end of last year, as I began to pray and ask God what I was to preach into this year, not normally, uh, for those of you who know me, I, I like to be fairly organized. I have things planned out months in advance. You know, I could tell you exactly what our preaching series would be in six months' time. Who was going to preach it, what the passage was going to be, and probably, you know, at least a brief summary of where we we're going to head with the sermon. And uh, as I was praying last year, I just, it just didn't come. I, I felt God stop me from doing that. And it's like he wanted me to respond to what God was, what he was going to do as we got there in the months ahead. And so I feel this preaching series is a response to what God has begun to do in our church. And I feel that God wants me to speak on the subject of pursuing his presence. 
And that's what we're going to do over the next few weeks. We're going to look at this subject of pursuing his presence. And this morning, to kick us off, I want to look at why I believe it's so important for us. Okay? So all that was an introduction. We're going to open some scripture now and see what God's word says. But let's pray first. Lord Jesus, we want to thank you for being with us. We thank you for speaking to us even this morning. We receive your word to us, Lord. Thank you for speaking about rest in you. Thank you for speaking about hope in you and raising our sails once again. And we say, Lord, that we want to raise our sails again to you this morning. And even as we look at your word together, I pray that our sails would would rise to you, that we might receive the wind of the Spirit and that you might speak to us afresh. We ask it, please, in Jesus' name. Amen. So I want to ask the question this morning, why is pursuing God's presence so important to us? And this is foundational to the series that we're starting today because we need to understand why it's important. Otherwise, you'll be thinking, why is Graham keeping going on about it? Well, this message explains why I'm going to keep on about it over the next few weeks because I believe it's important. And I want us to see from Scripture why I believe it's important. So if you have a Bible with you, can you turn, please, to Exodus chapter 33? Maybe you can scroll or click to Exodus chapter 33 on your phone, iPad, other electronic device, or whatever it is that you happen to have. Good grief, I can see a Bible there. Don't get many of those these days. Wow, is it, it's going to be on the Antiques Roadshow soon, isn't it? Look, 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 it's paper, look at that. Look at that, as he turns to the right page. Amazing, amazing. Right then, Exodus chapter 33, verse 1. Then the Lord, how do we go? go up to verse 18, I think. Then the Lord said to Moses, leave this place, you and the people you brought up out of Egypt, and go up to the land I have promised on oath to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, saying, I will give it to your descendants. I will... I will Um, I will send an angel before you and drive out the Canaanites, Amorites, Hittites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites. Go up to the land flowing with milk and honey, but I will not go with you because you are a stiff-necked people and I might destroy you on the way. When the people heard these distressing words, they began to mourn and no one put on any ornaments. For the Lord had said to Moses, tell the Israelites, you are stiff-necked people. If I were to go with you, even for a moment, I might destroy you. Now take off your ornaments and I will decide what to do with you. So the Israelites stripped off their ornaments at Mount Horeb. Now Moses used to take a tent and pitch it outside the camp some distance away, calling it the tent of meeting. Anyone inquiring of the Lord would go to the tent of meeting outside the camp. And whenever Moses went out to the tent, all the people rose and stood at the entrances to their tents, watching Moses until he entered the tent. As Moses went into the tent, the pillar of cloud would come down and stay at the entrance while the Lord spoke with Moses. Whenever the people saw the pillar of cloud standing at the entrance of the tent, they all stood and worshipped, each at the entrance to his tent. The Lord would speak to Moses face to face as a man speaks with his friend. Then Moses would return to the camp, but his young assistant Joshua, son of Nun, did not leave the tent. Because loads we could look out there, isn't there? I mean, just imagine the scene. The Israelites all camped out. 
They've come out of Egypt. They're, they're holding, up, holding camp. And Moses goes out to the tent and the glory of the Lord comes down. They can see it. It's visible. There's the pillar of cloud there going, whoa, Moses is talking to God. They're watching in awe. There's a whole lot we could say about Joshua not leaving his presence, but we don't have time to do that today. Maybe we'll get there another week. Let's keep going. Verse 12. Moses said to the Lord, you've been telling me, leave these people, but you have not let me know whom you will send with me. You have said, I know you by name, and you have found favor with me. If you are pleased with me, teach me your ways, so I may know you and continue to find favor with you. Remember that this nation is your people. The Lord replied, my presence will go with you, and I will give you rest. Oh, there's that word again, rest. This is a wonderful song earlier. We probably should come back to that. Then Moses said to the Lord, If your presence does not go with us, do not send us up from here. How will anyone know that you are pleased with me and with your people unless you go with us? What else will distinguish me and your people from all the other people on the face of the earth? And the Lord said to Moses, I will do the very thing you have asked because I am pleased with you and I know you by name. Then Moses said, now show me your glory. So in this passage, God promises to Moses that he will lead the people of Israel into the land that he's promised them, that he made promises to Abraham and Isaac. and He made promises saying, your descendants are going to go into this land. And he says that he will send an angel ahead of them to drive out their enemies. We, we read it, don't we? God says that he's going to drive out the, uh, the Canaanites, Amorites, Hittites, Perizzites, anybody, anybody, any vites he's going to get rid of. He's going to send an angel ahead of them, but he's not going to go with them because they're a stiff-necked and rebellious people. Now, I, I wonder if that had been you rather than Moses, what would you have said? I mean, being promised an angel to drive out your enemies, my guess is that many of us would have said, you know what, that's a pretty good deal. God's giving us our own angel. He's going to drive out our enemies. You know what, I think many of us would have gone, okay, we'll, we'll go for the angel, Lord. That's, that sounds good to me. I think we would have settled for the angel, you know. It's God's angel. It's not any angel. God is sending his angel to drive out their enemies. We thought, that's not, that's not a bad deal, really. But Moses doesn't settle for that. I guess many of us would. But Moses didn't. He wanted God's presence. And he was really clear. He said to the Lord, if you're not going to come with us, don't send us there. He would have rather stayed where he was with God and his presence rather than go to this land that has been promised with an angel. Moses was saying, don't send us up there if you're not going to come. And what's particularly important for us is the reason that Moses gives the Lord. Exodus 33, chapter, uh, Exodus 33 verse 16. 
How will anyone know that you are pleased with me and your people unless you go with us? What else will distinguish me and your people from all the other people on the face of the earth? Moses' argument is simple. It's only God's presence that makes any difference to them. It's only God's presence that marks them out as different, that distinguishes them from any other group of people on the face of the earth. No presence, no difference. Moses wants God's presence because it's that that distinguishes this group of people from any other. And friends, it's the same for us. The same is true for us. It's only his presence. We are not the cleverest, smartest, smartest, prettiest, largest, coolest, trendiest, or funniest. But the church of Jesus Christ is the only group of people on the earth with God's presence. It is only his presence. Without it, we're nothing. There's nothing that marks us apart. And as you read through the Old Testament, as it unfolds, you find that the temple becomes the dwelling place of God. Well, I'm sure we'll look at this in, in the weeks ahead. It's where you go to encounter the presence of God. At the moment, it's the tent of meeting. And Moses goes out to the tent and the people can watch and see the, the glory of the Lord come down. They know that Moses is meeting with the Lord. In, in times ahead, they would go to the temple. That's where the presence of God dwelt. But now, in our day, things have changed. You don't have to go to a tent. You don't have to go to a temple. God dwells in us by his Spirit. And so corporately now, the church is the dwelling place of God. It's not about a place you go to. It's about the people you are. It's not about a tent or a temple. It's about you because God dwells in you by his Spirit. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16. Paul says, Don't you know that you yourselves are God's temple and that God's Spirit lives among you? Paul uses a plural in the language. It's saying like, use. You know, it's, like a, it's a plural of you, whatever that is. You, use, you yourselves. Corporately, together, are the dwelling place of God. You use you together are God's temple and that God's spirit lives among you. He's talking about the gathered church. Friends, he's talking about us. We are the dwelling place of God. And as we gather together, we should expect to encounter his presence. That is not arrogant or unreasonable. It's what we should expect. You see, it's his presence that marks us out. It's his presence that draws us to worship him. We need to be spending time with him, worshipping him, drawing close to him. And as we do that, we become the fragrance of Christ to other people. Because as we spend more time with him, we become more like him. If Sarah sprays some uh, of her favourite perfume on, which happens to be my favourite perfume for her to wear too, which is good. <laughs> Goodness for that. Uh, if she does that and I give her a hug, I come away smelling of it. I picked up something of that fragrance because of the closeness and intimacy. As you spend time with Jesus, 
you should come away. It's like smelling of him. The fragrance of Christ should be all over you because you are becoming like him because you spent time with him. You have been close to him. That's what we want, isn't it? Paul said that my message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power. That's what we want, isn't it? Now, I could say the same. My words are not very wise or persuasive. But I do want to see a demonstration of the Spirit's power. And for Paul to say that, think about it for a moment. You read through much of the New Testament, much of which Paul wrote himself. You think, you know what, Paul, you're pretty wise. You're pretty persuasive. Much of what, some of what he writes, we don't even understand. You think, I can't quite get my head around that. But he's saying, it's not about wise and persuasive words. My message and preaching weren't with them, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power. It was the power of the Holy Spirit that changed the disciples from frightened followers to dynamic disciples. When God came, when they met with his presence, when the Holy Spirit fell upon them on the day of Pentecost, God changed them. They were different. They were not the same group of people. They were a frightened group of followers that were not quite sure next what to do. They've been told to wait. They probably didn't completely understand what they were waiting for. But when the power of God came upon them, they knew something had happened. They knew they had encountered the Lord and they were different. And they were thrust out upon the world stage and the world was never, ever the same again. The church was born out of the presence of God. And that leads us to my next point. You see, pursuing his presence is important, firstly, for us. We've been talking about that. It's important for us. But secondly, it's important for those who don't know Jesus yet. It's so important we see this. This is not something that is to be kept to ourselves. I'm not talking about a purely a Sunday morning encounter and a bless me, Lord, that was nice. Now I go after my week. This is about something that is going to change people's lives who don't know Jesus yet. And if I'm totally honest, maybe that was part of the problem around the move of God in the 90s, that we were very good at at keeping it in our meetings. (laughs) And it didn't always move out into everyday life for many of us. We were great at meeting with the Lord and he came and encountered us, but it didn't always move on from there with those that didn't know him yet. They had great times. They had wonderful times encountering him, but I'm not sure it impacted those who didn't know him. And I feel this is one of the differences this time around. As I observe what God is doing in some other places around the world, both in the UK and abroad, time and again I'm hearing about those who are far from God encountering him as a result of meeting with people that have met with Jesus. This is not meant to be kept for us. This is for giving away. You see, you might think it's selfish, just wanting more of God's presence, but it's not. Acts 1, verse 8. Jesus says, You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. There is a missional point to this. It's about those who don't know Jesus yet. 
And at some point over the next few weeks, we will undoubtedly talk about healing and praying for the sick. And that's not just something for Sunday mornings. It's something for any day of the week, anywhere. I want us to be telling stories of one another stepping out and trusting God. Stories of taking God at his word and praying for people, maybe who don't know him yet, and seeing what he might do. I want us to be telling stories about us taking God's presence outside this room to those who don't know him yet. Let me give you a taste. Sarah, why don't you come and talk about what happened last week? Hi. So we, um, <coughs> we went swimming last week. We took the kids in half-term swimming. Um, <coughs> and uh, had a great time swimming. And we had to, me and the girls had to go back to the reception to give the key back in, the locker key. Um, and the lady at the reception, she was just, her eye looked really sore and she was wearing sunglasses um, inside. And um, I just, I don't, know, I don't know why I said it, but I just said, oh, do you mind if I pray for your eye? And, and she looked at me, a <laughs> funny look, and she was like, oh, um, I said, you know, I'm, I'm a Christian and um, believe that actually God can heal, heal you. Um, and so she said, oh, yeah, oh, yes, please. So we just prayed. Me and the girls just, she took my hand and, and we prayed for her. Um, and as it turned out, actually, she'd, she's just become a Christian um, recently over the last few weeks. And she, she wasn't in a church. but So we just encouraged her to get really plugged into a church. Um, and then she said, oh, can you pray for my husband? He's not a Christian. He, he's a, you know, he doesn't know God. He's an atheist. He doesn't want to know anything about God. Um, so we prayed that her husband might come to know God as well. And all these people were going past us, and I was thinking, what am I doing in a swimming pool, praying for somebody I didn't know at all? And the girls were like, Mom, what are you doing? Um, but actually, it was just one of those God moments where you just know, actually, I just need to step out here. Um, and it's not something I'd do naturally. Um, and, the, and the girls were just really touched by it. And I was like, you know, that's what we have to do. We, you know, God has called us to be warriors, to be bold. Um, and it doesn't always come naturally. But I just wanted to encourage you that, um, you know, ask God for fresh opportunities this week. I'm, I'm going to pray and ask God to give me an opportunity this week for um, just to share God's love. Um, so yeah, just uh, just pray, just seek God, and and ask Him to fill you with the Holy Spirit. Because unless we are full with the Holy Spirit, it's going to be very hard. But with the Holy Spirit, we're not on our own. You know, God will give us the words. He'll give us the courage. He'll give us the boldness. And I don't know what happened to that lady now, but I, I can keep praying for her um, and keep trusting that you know God has, has got her, um, you know, in, in His hands, and hopefully she'll be plugged into a church now so yeah just wanted to encourage you really so keep praying if i'm honest so i met this woman as well when ruben and i went to get changed i thought about praying for her but didn't do anything about it i wonder how many of us have had that thought that oh yeah i should pray for that person and that's as far as it's gone I stand before you this morning saying, I had that thought thinking, would it be great to pray for her? And it stopped there. But I'm also standing before you this morning and saying, I want to be stepping out more. I want us to be stepping out more. We might hear more stories 
like that. And you know what? Our kids came back buzzing with excitement about it. They burst into our room going, Daddy, Daddy, guess what's just happened? We've just prayed for this lady at the swimming pool. There's an excitement in them about seeing mummy put her faith into action. Now, they're here every week. They see us worshipping Jesus. They see us praying for people who are sick. That's nothing new to them. But this was different. It was at a swimming pool. (laughs) And I want to encourage us, dear friends, that more and more this might be our story. And not just stories of, well, I prayed for this person. But let's have stories like that. Let's have stories that, yeah, I pray for this person and God healed them. Amen? But you know what? We're not going to get some stories of, and God healed them, unless we first get some stories of, I stepped out. So I am sharing with you this morning what I didn't do. You've heard what Sarah did. Let's have some more stories like that over these next few weeks. You see, I do believe this is the future for us. I do believe God is doing something in our church. I believe he's doing something new amongst us, and I believe it's very exciting. As I said earlier, when I came out from Cambodia, something had changed. And so I want to urge us this morning to be pressing in now to this and asking God for more. And it might be you're thinking, sitting there thinking, yeah, but I haven't seen it yet. That's okay. You will. We're on a journey. And we're at different stages on that journey, all of us. But I want to encourage us to keep moving forward. Wherever you are on this journey, don't stop. Keep moving forward. Keep pressing in to the Lord. So for me, I don't want to go back now. I've tasted something of God's presence. I've tasted something new of his immediacy. I've tasted something of God breaking out. And now I'm ruined for anything else. I'm not going back to how it was, because I've seen something, and I'm Lord, I want to see more of that. And God's put a fresh hunger in me, and I know in many of you, that we might see more and more of that. And so the challenge for us, church, is that we stay hungry, and stay thirsty, and don't settle. That's the challenge. The danger is we settle, we go, oh, that's, that's okay. No, no, no. We stay hungry, we stay thirsty. And as we do that, we pray that more and more people might come and encounter the Lord that we're talking about and his presence. Don't you want that? Don't you want to be part of a church like that? I do. I want that for me. I want that for my children. I want them to grow up in a church where God's at work. Where we're hearing stories like we've just heard about, yeah, I pray for these, these people who are sick and I God healed them. I want to be hearing some stories from our children. About, I pray for this person at school. And God touched their lives. We can hear things like that, friends. Don't you want that too? David's mentioned the weekend with uh, Andy in May. I want to urge you and encourage you with all my heart. Be here on that weekend. I believe God's going to do something significant in us. Sunday the 3rd of May. Don't miss it. God is going to be at work. But he's also at work now. And will be over these next few weeks. And so over these next few weeks, we're going to look at how to receive God's presence. We're going to talk about baptism in the Holy Spirit. How to receive his presence personally. How to host the presence of God in a corporate setting like this. We're going to talk about learning to listen to the Lord. 
We're going to talk about the Holy Spirit, almost sort of letting us loose, or rather letting us, letting him loose in our lives and around us. We're going to look at some obstacles that are in the way. A friend of mine calls them the rocks in our lives. They get in the way of God's work. We're going to look at some of those things. We're going to look at growing in the prophetic and stepping out in confidence and pressing in to all that God has for us. Many of you will know that I'm part of um, the, uh, the apostolic team that leads Christ Central Churches. And we had a day together as a team at the beginning of the year, uh, a day to pray and to seek God. Uh, David was with us too. And um, as we were praying, I was listening to the recording of the prophetic words again this week. And David reminded me of the passage in Numbers 10 where Moses says to Hobab, his brother-in-law, come with us and we'll do you good. For the Lord has promised good concerning Israel. And David was reminding me of how I used to use that passage of Scripture. I think it's time to use it again. Come with us and we'll do you good. Because it's not about us and how, about how good we are. Don't misunderstand it. It's about how good God is. But come with us and we'll do you good because we're following him. We're following the cloud. We're looking to encounter God and receive all that he has for us. So we can confidently say to one another and to those in our orbits and spheres around us and people that are our friends and uh, we have a, a, a contact with, we can say, come with us, we'll do you good. Because we're going to show you Jesus and you're going to encounter the living gods. Your life is never going to be the same again. And so I want to invite you this morning on a journey. Come with us on this journey. Wherever you are on that journey, let's keep moving forward. Let's keep taking some steps. Keep pressing into God. I think we've got some things to learn. I've got things to learn. I think we have things to learn. But I think God is teaching us. He's teaching us how to respond to him and his presence. And I know this is going to be an exciting journey. I want to urge you and encourage you. Come with us. We will do you good as we receive all the Lord has for us. Amen. Can we stand together? I just want to give a few moments for God to speak to us. And um, just... Before we finish, not miss the moment of what God may want to do amongst us. Come, Lord. Let's just look to the Lord. Lift your hands to him. Just welcome him now. Just welcome the Holy Spirit. Say, come, Lord. Come, Lord Jesus. Come, Lord. I think we've just got one or two prophetic words we're going to share and maybe pray for people. Oops, you got. Um, just as we're reminded, we're reminded so strongly in worship about uh, that our hope deferred, but just a reminder about who to hope in. I just really felt like I was personally reminded that just with this question, who are you going to call? You're a child of the 80s, like me, then the answer is Ghostbusters. But I just, I just felt, you know, sometimes when we're in a, we're in a jam, we're feeling hemmed in, we're feeling a bit pressured, a bit, 
a bit mithered. You know, we're just going to reach for the phone. We're going to call our best mate. We're going to call our mum or dad. But we're reminded in the scripture, Jesus is our refuge. He is a shelter, a strong place for those who run to him. So just to call on him first, to find your refuge in him. And uh, just, at, just at the end of the worship time, I felt uh, God give a few words. The, the first was disc and the sense of a couple of them. I believe it's a physical condition. And also the word ruptured, whether that links in or whether that's a slightly separate condition. And also the word spasm. So if that fits with you, if that's something for you, we'd love to pray with you and just see how God might bless you and, and get some people involved. But there's no shame. There's no embarrassment. Um, I think if, if you do feel God's sort of highlighting something in your life, then just let us uh, see how God would bless you. Very good. Stay here, mate. That's great. Thank you. I, I just felt as I was preaching that um, God underlined to me again this... Um, in verse 14 of Exodus 33, the Lord replies, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. We heard that song as, uh, as he sang in worship. And that God's rest. Uh, I feel maybe for some of you this morning, there's a sense of God's rest coming afresh upon you. Do any, any of those words we've just mentioned there speak to any of you? Some of the, the healing things particularly that Rupert shared, anything? Raise your hand if it is. Yes. Anybody else? Can't say yeah, yeah. Okay, still about there. Okay, great. I keep being reminded of the passage where Jesus said, um, "Come to me, all you are weak and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. My uh, burden is easy." Um, sorry, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Uh, it's a similar vein. Um, we'd love to pray for you if that whole area fits with you. Okay, if you raised your hand a moment ago, can I ask you just to come to the front quickly? We're going to gather around and pray for you. And as we do that, we're going to worship the Lord together. We're going to sing one song as we finish. So let's um, together be looking to the Lord. Caroline's going to lead us. Let me pray. And uh, others in the church are going to come and pray for you guys. And maybe others, as, as you want to respond, you can do that as we worship. Let me do pray. And then we're going to close our meeting by worshiping the Lord together and praying for these guys and maybe some others. Lord Jesus, we want to say to you this morning, firstly, thank you. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for your work in our lives. Thank you for your work in Jubilee. And uh, Father, we want to say this morning that we are committed to being on a journey with you. We say this morning, Lord, we love you. We love your presence. We love you speaking to us. We love receiving all you have for us. And we want to make a commitment to you this morning, say, Lord, we want to go on this journey with you. And I pray you'd help us, Lord, to keep moving forwards. Even if we haven't seen it all yet, even if we're not totally sure what it will look like, Lord, I pray you would teach us to make steps of faith moving forward. Lord, help us to make steps of faith into what you have for us. Lord, even if we haven't seen it or don't quite get it yet, help us to trust you as we move forward in it, Lord. So keep coming to us, Lord. We want to keep encountering you 
Lord, keep us hungry, keep us thirsty for more of you. And keep working in our lives, keep working in Jubilee for your glory, Lord, for your name's sake. Lord, for this city that largely doesn't know you yet. Lord, for the towns and villages around us we're beginning to touch and have on our hearts. Lord, for this nation, Lord God, that you've put us in. Lord, for the nations of the world, for the unreached people groups that haven't heard of your love and your grace yet. Lord, it's for their sake. We cry to you this morning. Keep us encountering you, Lord. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. As we worship, if you're used to, uh, to praying for people, you can come and join us as we pray. That'll be good, please. And we're going to worship the Lord as we close our time together. Sunday morning.